Davidson. I'd like you to join me and the ministers of music from here, Water of Life Church in Plano, Texas, as we minister the gospel, the death, burial, and resurrection of our Lord Jesus, which is the power of God. Got a question for you to start off with. How do you believe? How do you believe? And what do you believe? How do you believe and what do you believe? I'm going to start with a testimony I've shared here before, but a lot of you have never heard it. My daughter was about two years old. I had four children. She was the oldest. Two years old. She came to me one night and she said, Mommy, my ear hurts. I knew exactly what it was. Everybody around me has the same problem or had the same problem that she was growing up with. She had an ear infection. I knew she'd had it before. It was probably about the third or fourth one. It was 10 o'clock at night. I didn't, I couldn't do what you normally do for an ear infection with a child. You would take them to the doctor. The doctor would give them antibiotics. They would give them a little Tylenol, a little medicine. You would lay them down and you'd wait the three or four days that it took for the medicine to, to, to take care of the infection and then it would be better. Well, this is 10 o'clock at night. I wasn't going to get to a doctor at 10 o'clock at night. So I did what I knew to do. I put her in bed. I laid her down. I said, Kristen, mommy's going to go into the kitchen and pray. Kristen knew what that meant. Put the pillow over your ears. It's going to get loud. But she laid down in bed, and I went into the kitchen. And you know what? I could hear her crying. Now, I'm a mother. Mothers don't like to hear their children cry when they're in pain. I didn't like what I was hearing, so it made me pray even harder. My kitchen at that time was a rectangular shape. I kept walking around in circles. I just kept walking and praying. You know, I prayed everything that I was taught to in the charismatic church. I prayed that Jesus bore her sin. I prayed that by, her, by his stripes she was healed. I prayed that, uh, that Jesus died for her. I prayed that Peter said that she was healed 2,000 years ago. I kept praying that over and over, kept walking around, kept walking around, and it wasn't working. It wasn't working. She was crying, and frankly, she was getting louder. And I finally, I remember exactly, and this happened, well, about 30 years ago. I walked up to the, to the stove. My stove had a hood on it, and I remember standing there, and I was frustrated. I was frustrated. You know what? I was born again. I was baptized in the Holy Spirit. I could speak in tongues, and I couldn't do a thing for this child. I couldn't do a thing for her, and she's crying, and I knew it was going to be a long night. But you know what? I walked up to that hood of my stove, and I said, Jesus, what do I have to do? What do I have to do for you to come down here and heal her? You know what? It was an amazing time. I stopped, and for the first time in my whole life, I heard God talk to me. I heard God talk to me. You know what? He used my mouth. That's the gift of wisdom, the gift of knowledge. And out of my mouth came these words, Kathy, the sacrifice has already been made. I sat there and stood, actually I stood there and looked at that stove and I was dumbfounded. I was in shock. First of all, that God would even talk to me. He knew my name. He said, Kathy, the sacrifice has already been made. Amen. And the next thing I stood in shock was what he was saying. 
what God was saying to me. You know what he was telling me? I couldn't do a thing for her. I never could do a thing for her. I never will be able to do a thing for her. What was my job? What was my job for my daughter that was in distress? Turn with me to John 6. Verse 28. Then they said unto Jesus, the people that he had fed the, the loaves and the fishes, he said, then they said unto Jesus, what shall we do that we might work the works of God? What did I say to God? What do I have to do to get you to come down here? What do I have to do? What was I doing wrong? Did I not give enough money? Did I not go to church enough? Did I not read enough Psalms the night before? What was I doing wrong? And what do these people say right here? They said unto him, what shall we do? that we might work the works of God. And look at the answer Jesus gave them. Look at the answer. He said, this, this is the word of God. This is the word of God. This is what you do if you want God to see God work. This is what you do if you want to see God perform miracles. This is what you do if you need God to work on your behalf. What is your job? Believe. He said, believe on him whom he has sent. This is the work of God that you believe on him whom he has sent. That was what I needed to do for my daughter. I needed to believe. I needed to believe. It had, you know you can go to church every time that door is open and it, you will still go to hell. Do you know that you can give all the money you got to a church organization and you will still go to hell? Do you know you can help every old lady you see on the street cross the street and you will still go to hell? Do you know that you will buy every veteran's lunch for him that you can find and you will still go to hell? What is going to keep you out of hell? You have to believe. You have to believe. Jesus said, what is the work? The work is that you believe. Now, how do you believe? Well, I was a school teacher for 10 years, and I went to school for 16. 16 years I was in school. And you know, when I was taught something, I was a, I was a child. I can tell you, I would sit in those desks, you know, and always the desk was always too tall for me because I was always the short kid, and I never had a short desk. So I'd sit there, and my feet would just dangle, you know. But you know what? I was looking for the example. Teach me all you want, but I need to see the example. I want to see the example. Well, you know what? There's an example of how to believe in the Bible. Turn with me to Romans 4. I'm going to begin in verse 16. This is talking about Abraham. It says, Therefore it is of faith that it might be by grace. To the end the promise might be sure to all the seed, not to that only which is of the law, but to that also which is of the faith of Abraham, who is the father of us all. Do you know that Abraham is our father too? 17, as it is written, I have made thee a father of many nations. I have made thee a father of many nations before him whom he believed, even God, who quickeneth the dead and calleth those things which are not, which be not as though they were. And look what Abraham had to do. Who against hope, believed in hope 
that he might become the father of many nations. According to that which was spoken, so shall thy seed be. You know what God told Abraham? You're going to have a son. You're going to have a son. And Abraham at this time is already 75 years old. He's at 90 years old. He still doesn't have a son. And what does he have to do? He has to believe. He has to believe what God told him against hope. Against hope. Against what he saw. It says, who against hope believed in hope that he might become the father of many nations. According to that which was spoken, so shall thy seed be. And being not weak in faith. How was he not weak in faith? How could Abraham do this and not be weak in faith? The next phrase tells you how he could not be weak in faith. It says, he can, how being not weak in faith, how is he not weak in faith? He considered not his own body. Abraham considered not his own body. What did he consider? He considered what God told him. What did God tell him? You're going to have a son. Do you see that? God said, you're going to have a son. And Abraham was not weak in faith because he didn't consider anything else but what God had said. Abraham didn't consider anything else except what God had said. You know what? Abraham put his confidence, his confidence in what God told him. Abraham put his trust into what God told him. Abraham hung on to what God told him, and he didn't consider anything else. His body was dying 25 years. He's doing nothing but getting older. And you know what? He didn't consider it. The only thing he considered, the only thing he trusted in, the only thing he had confidence in was God said, you're going to have a son. And that's the only thing Abraham had confidence in. And you know what happened after he didn't consider anything else? Let's read on. And being not weak in faith, he considered not his own body now dead. When he was about 100 years old, neither yet the deadness of Sarah's womb, he considered them not. He staggered not at the promise of God through unbelief. You know, not considering anything else was not yielding to that unbelief. He said, and he staggered not at the promise of God through unbelief, but was strong in faith, giving glory to God and being fully persuaded, fully persuaded that what God promised him, God was able to perform. And what did he get out of it? He got a son. He got a son out of it. He never considered anything else. He trusted fully, fully in what God had told him. And what happened? How did, why did that happen? How did he get the son? Turn with me to Romans 3, verse 7. For it says in verse 7, For if the truth of God has more abounded through my lie unto his glory, do you see that? If the truth of God has abounded through my lie. What was Abraham's lie? His body was getting dead. His body was getting older and older. That was the lie. What was the truth? 
God said, you're going to have a son. So shall thy seed be. Where was Abraham's confidence? It was in what God said. Where was Abraham's trust? It was in what God said. Where was Abraham persuaded? In what God had said. And that truth abounded through the lie of his body. And that son was born. That son was born. Now, that's how we believe. But what do we believe? What do we as Christians have to believe? You know, we could, we could say, I've heard, well, we have to believe the New Testament. Really? Have you read the New Testament? What do we have to believe? Like Abraham. Abraham believed what God told him. What do we have to believe? Turn to me, 1 Corinthians 15. Verse 1. Actually, before we do that, let's go to Mark 1. Jesus tells us exactly what to believe. You know, he said to them, uh, he said to the people that he fed the, fi- uh, the bread and fish to, they said, what do we need to do to do the works of God? And Jesus said, this is the work of God. This is your job. This is the work of God, that you believe on him whom he sent. Well, who did God send? God sent Jesus. Now let's look at Mark 1, verse 14. Now, after John was put in prison, Jesus came into Galilee preaching the gospel of the kingdom of God. What was Jesus preaching? He was preaching the gospel of the kingdom of God and saying, the time is fulfilled. The kingdom of God is at hand. Repent you and believe the gospel. Repent you and believe the gospel. That's what Jesus told us to do. Repent you. Change what you're believing and believe the gospel. Change what you have your confidence in. Change what you trust in and trust in and have confidence in. Have confidence in the gospel. Now, let's go to 1 Corinthians 15. What is the gospel? Moreover, brethren, I declare unto you, this is Paul speaking, the gospel. So Paul is getting ready to declare unto us what we need to have our confidence in. He said, which I preached unto you, which also you have received, and wherein you stand, by which also you are saved. You are saved, set at safety, everything you need. By which also you are saved, if you keep in memory what I preached unto you, unless you have believed in vain. Do you see that word believed? Unless you have believed in vain, that you delivered unto first of all, which you also received. You got to receive it. You got to keep it in memory. You got to be persuaded of it. You got to have confidence in it. You got to trust it. You got to hang on to it. When everything else looks like it's going crazy, you hang on to that gospel. Now, what is the gospel? It goes on. Three, for I delivered unto you first of all, which I also received. How? Here is the gospel. This is what we are told to believe. That Christ died for our sins according to the scriptures. And that he was buried. And that he rose again the third day according to the scriptures. That is what Jesus said we had to believe. That's what we have to believe. That's what we have to have confidence in. 
that's what we have to trust in. You know, it's kind of like a rope sometimes. You got the gospel that Jesus died for you, that he was buried for you, and that God raised him from the dead for you. When everything else is falling apart, you hang on to that word just like Abraham did, being fully persuaded that what God had said, God was able to perform, and you hang on to it like a rope. You hang on to it like a rope. Have you ever been pulled by a rope on a boat? Sometimes that's what it feels like believing, but you have confidence in. You hang on to the gospel. Now, turn with me to Isaiah 53, and we'll end there. Chapter 53, verse 1. Who has believed our report? There's that word believed again to have confidence in, to trust in, to hang on to. And to whom is the arm of the Lord revealed? And I want us to go down to verse 6. All we like sheep have gone astray. We have turned everyone to his own way. And the Lord, God, Jehovah, has laid on him, on Jesus, the iniquity of us all. He was oppressed and he was afflicted, yet he opened not his mouth. He is brought as a lamb to the slaughter, as a sheep before her shears is dumb, so he opened not his mouth. He was taken from prison and from judgment, and who shall declare his generation? For he was cut off out of the land of the living. For the transgression of my people was he stricken. And he made his grave with the wicked and with the rich in his death. Because he had done no violence, neither was any deceit in his mouth. Verse 10, yet it pleased the Lord to bruise him. He has put him to grief. Now shall make his soul an offering for sin. He shall see his seed. He shall prolong his days. And the pleasure of the Lord shall prosper in his hand. He shall see of the travail of Jesus' soul and shall be satisfied. And by his knowledge shall my righteous servant justify many. For he shall bear their iniquities. That is what you put your confidence in. That is what you put your trust in. That is what you hang on to. That Jesus died for your sins. While I feel guilty, you hang on to. You trust in that Jesus paid for that sin. But I have sickness. You hang on to. You trust in. You put your confidence in that Jesus bore your sicknesses and your diseases. That's where your confidence is. You don't look at the other situation. You don't put your trust in what you see. You put your trust in what God has said and what Jesus did for you. You know, my daughter, when I heard that, when God said to me, Kathy, the sacrifice has already been made, I understood right there. I had to believe what Jesus had already done for her. Jesus had already bore her ear infection. Jesus had already bore any sin that I had committed that caused that ear infection to show up. That's what Jesus did for me. That's what Jesus did for you. He bore whatever it was, whatever it is that is between you and God. Jesus paid for it on the cross. He already paid for it. And that's what God was showing me I had to put my trust in. Do you know what? When I was standing there thinking about that, and I thought about it for several minutes. Time went by. Then I realized I wasn't hearing Kristen cry anymore. Kristen wasn't crying anymore. 
And I let her sleep. You know what? The next morning she woke up. I went to her. I said, so how do you feel? She said, mommy, no earache. No earache. She was totally healed. She was healed. Why? Because Jesus died for her. Because Jesus died for her mother. Because Jesus bore her earache. Because Jesus bore the curse from her mother. Kristen was totally healed. And you, know, you want to know another wonderful thing? I had three more children, four children in my house. You know what? Not one of them ever again got an ear infection. Never. Not one more ear infection. Why? Because Jesus paid the price for me. And he paid the price for them. And I believed it. And the curse was taken away from our house. You must be born again. You must believe this gospel. You must trust that Jesus died for you. You must have confidence in he was buried for you and you must have confidence that God saw the travail of his soul and raised him from the dead and forgave you, justified you, healed you. That's where your confidence is in. That's what you believe in when Jesus said this is your work. Believe on him whom he has sent. To be born again, call on that name of Jesus. Call on him. Call his name out. Talk to him. Jesus, 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 come to me. Jesus, 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 come to me. Jesus, believe he was raised from the dead and you will be born again. God bless. Thank you for joining Kathy Davidson and the ministers of music from Water of Life Church. She would love to hear from you. You may reach her by email at kd at kdwol.com or you may write her at Kathy Davidson, care of Water of Life Church, post office box 861-327, Plano, Texas 75086. You may find her on the internet at www.kdwol.com and on Facebook and Twitter. Until next time, God bless.